The first reading is in Hebrews, chapter 1, and beginning at verse 1. And I'm afraid I don't have the number of the page in the church Bibles. But Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has, as he has inherited is superior to theirs. And then we're going to read in John's Gospel, in chapter 1. And again, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing has been made, was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Two amazing readings that celebrate why we're here tonight about the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he came to do when he lived on this earth, but also how he's there in the beginning. And I'm going to come to that in a little bit of time, but I'd like you for a moment just to take a moment and to think, in your own mind, this isn't to kind of feedback. <clears throat> what, do you, what do you really look forward to at Christmas? What is it that you really look forward to? Just take a moment in your own mind to think about what that genuinely is for you, what excites you, what gives you life about this time of year. And then on the flip side, when we're honest about Christmas, Christmas divides some people as well. What is it you're dreading about Christmas? What is it when you think about Christmas or the days ahead, do you privately or quietly dread? a little exercise just to get you thinking a little bit but one of the things we've been doing over this Advent season this season leading up uh, to Christmas and the celebration tomorrow is thinking about the theme of joy it's not very subtle uh, it's better than a night tonight but that's kind of what we're thinking a little bit more I'm going to reflect a little bit more tonight on and the readings we had capture at the heart of who Jesus is but in the traditional narratives, the traditional uh, readings that we have at Christmas that we've had over the last few weeks at all, we find, particularly when you look through Luke's Gospel in the Bible, right there in the beginning of Jesus' birth, of his arrival, there's joy right at the heart of it. As Jesus is born, an angel of the Lord appears to some shepherds in a field, and here's what we read. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. For today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, that's one of the most common readings. We've read it quite a number of times in the last few weeks, but right at the end of Luke's gospel, as well as Jesus ascends into heaven that is captured on the window behind us after his, very, after his resurrection. These are the words Luke uses in Luke 24, 51 to 52. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. The word joy is at the heart of the New Testament. It appears again and again in all sorts of different forms in Jesus' life, his ministry, in the birth of the church, and all that happened sort of fairly closely after Jesus' earthly life. And every single writer in the New Testament speaks about joy, every single one. Joy is at the heart of biblical faith, joy is at the center of the Bible. Much of Jesus' life and his teaching was about joy. But why is this so important? 
See, the thing is this, is that however successful we are, however many great experiences we have, however many beautiful films we go to or stunning pieces of art we look at, however many amazing meals we have together, they fade. Those experiences fade, they don't last, and they become glimpses of something that is greater and bigger, of eternal joy that Christmas celebrates. Because all of us recognize, as well as the celebration and the joy, that there is also a different story that plays out in the world regularly. This is someone called Chloe. Chloe had envisioned a different life for herself than the ones she was now living. But now she thought she'd be in her prime, but she'd found herself in a place of deep misery. She thought she thought she'd be married, still connected to her best lifelong friends. She'd be raising a family of happy, healthy children, and she'd be fulfilled in her work. But her present reality disappointed her hugely and her own expectations, never mind the expectations of other. And her discontentment, her disappointment, led her down a path of making bad decisions and poor choices for her life that ultimately led to a life in decline and, de and a spiral of her life. The story of Chloe represents the fact that many people in today's society are struggling to cope with the hand they've been dealt with. You know, couldn't life always be a bit better? As Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, pointed out, remember a man's contentment is in his mind, not to the extent of his possessions. Alexander, with all the world at his feet, cries for another world to conquer. So there is a better way. There is a, a, a place of sweet contentment and true joy that we find and we celebrate here this evening. And that's in the person of Jesus Christ. The person who is at the heart of all the good things, that every good and perfect gift comes from God. There's nothing good in this world that hasn't first come from the hand of a generous, abundant, and gracious God. Christmas recognizing, recognizes God giving us his own son, a savior born to us, a messiah, a king, to free us, to save us from all the brokenness, the disease, the sickness, the darkness that consumes our worlds. For those like Chloe, Christmas offers hope. We don't need to be consumed by fear. God has made his home on this earth with us. Make his home here amongst us. This is great news for us, if you will receive it. And if you receive it, if you receive this Christ child, then like the angels, you will respond in celebration and in joy. See, joy is the language of salvation. It's a joy of seeing, sensing, knowing, and experiencing the love of God. We cannot generate true joy, everlasting joy, 
by our spelt. It's the work of God in our lives through his Holy Spirit. Joy can't be extinguished. This joy can't be extinguished by the circumstances of life. Yet many of us live with an ignorance of this. We think that our circumstances dictate our life. C.S. Lewis, the great uh, English writer, in his essay, The Weight of Glory, wrote this. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling around with drink, with sex, and ambition, when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum, because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday by the sea. We are far too easily pleased. The light of Jesus' face shines brightly on us on this Christmas Eve evening. We need it. Will you receive it? Will you live in the light of it? A very famous Christian someone called George Muller, who lived just along the road in Bristol, uh, was an orphanage director in Bristol a lot of his life. And he was famous for his amazing faith and his amazingly effective ministry. He cared for over 10,000 orphans over the course of his life. And joy was Muller's first priority each day. Joy, he says, protects you from serving God and living a life for the wrong reasons. He said this, I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to find my soul joyful in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I needed to do or how much I needed to achieve or how I was going to do it, but to find my soul joyful and find the inner soul nourished. However hard you're going to work this Christmas, you may have lots of practical things you need to do as part of this Christmas time. Even caring for thousands of orphans in Muller's case. It's a cold and empty duty if we've lost the warmth and the joy of the gift of the baby Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, at the start, at uh, the beginning of this Christmas day, help us to recognize our need for you above all else. Pray for each one of us that you would open our eyes to see you, to notice how you're at work in our lives. Give us wisdom to make good choices and godly choices. And we pray you'd breathe your life in and through us again. Thank you that your joy is our true and lasting strength. And Father, I pray that your grace and your presence would cover each one of our lives this Christmas so we may bring joy to all the others we spend our Christmas with too. In Jesus' name, amen.